Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Happy to Meet Cute. So excited to be back with you again this week. We have an amazing guest coming up um, whose book is absolutely brilliant, but I thought we'd have a little check-in chat before we dive into our episode. Uh, so I am here with the most <laughs> amazing co-host slash live event in conversation partner slash Instagram boyfriend photographer. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, fantastic Courtney Kay is here with me. I don't think I said my own name, but whatever. I think you probably figured it out by now. <laughs> <laughs> Alan. Um, oh, it's so good to see you, friend. It is so good to see you again. We had so much fun in San uh, Diego. Had like the best weekend ever. Um, I am so proud of us. We stayed out until 1.30 in the morning, people. <laughs> we are old and we handled it. And it was like I had so much fun just the signing at Meet Cute Bookshop was just so mm -hmm. amazing. Their space is incredible. Everybody was so just cute. like so kind. Um, shout out to, uh, I believe it's Caitlin and Darby, who came to San Diego from New York for mm -hmm. the signing. Like, I literally started crying. <laughs> like, it was mm -hmm. the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. Um, I loved our conversation that we had. It was just just the best best night ever it was so much fun you were a brilliant shining star and it was so cool to look out at um the audience I guess I would say <laughs> the, and just see everybody smiling and having a great time and so engaged and we talk we talked about all your marvel hot takes which was so fun <laughs> so fun it was awesome. And I actually almost started crying too when I found out that your readers were there from New York. I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. Like I, so two of my friends were there that, uh, Mike and Brianna, shout out to them too, um, who I have yes. known them for like 15 years, like forever. And Mike was like, I wouldn't go to New York for you. And I've known you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's fair. I wouldn't expect you to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And your cookies, which were dubbed yes. cockies. The which, cockies. Oh my God. So brilliant. I don't know how we didn't think of that from the beginning, but so the good. gray sweatpants cookies were a giant hit. <laughs> Huge Unintended. hit. I know. <laughs> and we went out afterwards and like Fallon said, we stayed out till 1.30, but we also um, had this really hilarious moment at the bar <laughs> yes. um, the where the bar. electricity went out. The first uh -huh. bar. <laughs> um, I know I, we paid for this this week, didn't we? Right. Oh, I feel God. like I paid for that night out for like three <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah. I definitely uh, do not bounce back as quickly as I used to. <laughs> no, I was like, am I ill? What's happening? <laughs> um, but okay, the electricity went out at this at the bar we were at. Yeah. yeah, and um, it was so funny because all of us at the table were like, "Oh, this is so much nicer." <laughs> it's dark like, and quiet. <laughs> They're like, "You have to leave now." <laughs> like, we literally got kicked out. <laughs> um, 
but it was amazing. Yeah. And then um, I fully, I think it was like 1130 at the point when we got kicked out of, of the blackout bar. Um, and I fully was like, okay, we're going back to our hotels. Like we're all staying in San Diego. It's, it's good. Like it's time to call it a night. And then Courtney was like, let's go to a speakeasy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which we sadly (laughs) did not get into. I love how they came out. There was like a group waiting ahead of us. So it was really cool because it was at um, the Moxie in San Diego and it's called room 56. And apparently you need reservations for this place like weeks ahead of time. But you could also go and there's a big library bookshelf where you grab a red book and you wait for them to open up the shelf and let you in, which is very cool. Um, And so we grabbed a red book and there was another party in front of us of like three people. And somebody came out and let this group of three in. And I love because he just looked at us and he's like, yeah, no. <laughs> Y'all aren't getting in. <laughs> We're like, oh, okay. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> Goodbye. Fine. So then we went and drank some White Claws at the, at yeah. the lobby bar. <laughs> that was fine. It was fine. Um, experience. And my husband definitely gave a cookie to our Lyft driver on the way over. Oh my God. <laughs> he was probably like, what are you making me eat right now? You weirdos. But he did eat it. So yeah, they were delicious. And I love how he was carrying around this like Tupperware of <laughs> yes. gray sweatpants cookies. Like it was just the most sacred thing. It was amazing. Just everywhere he went, uh, he had this Tupperware and he, it was like his responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> he did a good job. Um, it was just like, just the best, best, best weekend ever. Um, so thank you for making it so amazing. Thank you, Meet Aww. Cute Bookshop. Just like the best. I love them so much. And the everyone best, who yeah. came out. Becca so and Alyssa. Yes. Yeah. So good. So good. So great. All right. So have you had time to um, consume anything this week as you've been recovering from your one late night out? <laughs> Um, this week, not, I've been listening to a lot of audio books. Small town, big magic is fun. Um, I've been in like a witchy phase. Ooh, I like Um, it. Also listening to This Spells Disaster by Tracy Martin, which comes out in October, which I'm so excited about. Um, but last week before we left for San Diego, I had a call with my agent. So I'm at this stage where I finished book two, right? It's like basically done. I'm just waiting on past pages. And so this is where I need to like kind of recalibrate and get some pitches together. What's coming up next? Um, And every time I went to go to my little brainstorming notebook, which is the part that I often absolutely love about writing, Mm -hmm. my brain was like, don't do that again. (laughs) No, (laughs) we're just too tired. And so I called my agent who's like amazing. Um, and she was like, Courtney, you need to rest. You need to refuel. You've written, you know, two books in two years. It's time to just like refill and take a minute. There's no rush. And also I was thinking in my head, like, okay, I have to get like, uh, 
you know, a synopsis, a query, uh, like all the things, like a small yeah. pitch, the first five pages get everything to her. And she's like, I need like three sentences for each <laughs> uh, one that you, <laughs> she's like, let's channel that energy for the future. There you go. Um, so that was really helpful. And so in that time, I've just, I've honestly just been relaxing and letting the ideas come to me as they will. Um and starting to enjoy it again. And I also have been watching um, some stand-up comedy, which was a Ooh, lot of fun, fun on HBO. Um, and so, yeah, that, I don't usually watch comedy and I just, I was enjoying it and I don't even remember who it was. So that's not helpful, but. <laughs> Lots uh, of good ones. I love that yeah. journey for you. Thank you. Resting is so essential. Are you resting? Do you have no. a minute? <laughs> no. <laughs> I am leaving tomorrow morning. I mean, I'll be back home by the time this airs, but I am leaving tomorrow morning at on a 6.40 a.m. flight to New York. <laughs> That's exciting. I know. I'm, I'm super excited, and it's mostly a vacation trip. So nice. It'll be, nice. It'll be fun. I'm excited. And Are you doing any? <laughs> okay. Are you doing any Broadway? Yes, so we're going to see Moulin Rouge, um, which I'm super excited about. And then... Uh, with the original cast? With the original Christian. we It's a different... Uh, I think most of the others are different at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But yes, the original Christian, Aaron Tveit, is back for his little... Fallon. Get, he's like coming back for like guest starring for like three months or something, I think. Are you going to be okay? Excited. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I keep having, I have like, I feel like I need to like knock on wood and don't jinx myself, but I keep having these like flashes of like, what am I going to do if like he's not in it? Like if he has an understudy or whatever for tomorrow, like, am I going to completely lose it? Like I might. That it, um, would be, it would be valid if you did, but. Yeah. I hope that won't happen. It's going to be good. It's going to be fantastic. I'm super mm-hmm. excited. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. All the, all yeah. the health, all the wellness. Yes. Um, to Aaron today. Yes. Stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> One more night. Make it through. Then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Make it through for Fallon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I do have a very special thing that I need to chat about because – I logged on to Netflix the other day to see that three new episodes of Love is Blind had dropped. Oh my. Where they did their After the Altar special. Oh, so we shit. got to catch up with the cast like a year after their weddings and see how they all are doing. Um, And I... I have so many thoughts and I I almost wish that we hadn't had this after the altar because it really mm. made me not like just about everybody in the cast. Like as much as I no. already didn't like some of them, like <laughs> I Okay, so like Alexa and Brennan who are our like clear-cut top couple couple from the beginning like it was very clear that they were going to get married and and be happy and all that and i really liked both of them for quite some time um except 
I did not like how they responded to Cole at the reunion. And I think we talked about that, that they kind of like all ganged up on him. Um, I remember. And I didn't like that. And then I know we talked about, (laughs) this is so ridiculous. So I know we had talked about like at the reunion. So Zeneb, who was Cole's partner, was said all these things, all these things about him, like that you were like body shaming me and all this stuff. And you told me I couldn't eat these two cuties. And like, I, I like, how was I going to do that whole thing? Whatever. And then at the end of the reunion, they played that scene that she was talking about. And it was nothing like what she said. Right. He was like totally innocuous, making just like a random comment. She took it way not as it was intended, made a whole big thing of it. And so I was hoping that as we saw these after the reunion, after the altar specials, that like there would have been some sort of, hey, man, we know that it wasn't you and we're sorry we treated you that way. There was none of that. So they all still are like completely ganging up on Cole. And I just was like, this is just making me so bad. And all of the guys are like friends and hanging out except for him. Like he's not invited to their little thing because Brennan just can't separate himself from Alexa. And he's just like bringing all the like women's drama into the men the men's relationship and i just i don't like that i'm not here for it i was very annoyed also zenob was like yeah i've been doing therapy and blah 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 which i'm like yes sweetie you needed that thank god (laughs) it hasn't worked yet and she even said at one point she was like i'm healed and i was like no no you're not because you're still bringing all of this to him like he's the one responsible and it was definitely you. So you got more work to do. But I like that you're doing it. <laughs> so it was just like that first reunion 2.0. Yes. And then, so we also found out at the reunion that, you know, Raven and SK, who did not get married on the show, but mm-hmm. when they filmed the reunion, they were like dating each other again. And I was like, yes, I love this for them. Like, that's so awesome. And really, that's what you should be doing. Like, you probably shouldn't bury somebody four weeks after meeting them, (laughs) but, you know, (laughs) dating them (laughs) after is a good idea. And then, so in this, like, after the altar thing, one of the last things we see is that, like, they got engaged again. Like, he proposed again. She said yes. It was, like, this beautiful, beautiful moment. And then in, like, the last five minutes, you find out that he cheated on her, and they are now no longer together. (laughs) What the hell? Yes, it was terrible. I was like, <laughs> they just, just brought you on that whole ride and dropped yes. you off. <laughs> what? It was awful. I felt so bad for her. I just was like, Ugh. and then I'm like, now she has to like deal with this, like being on TV. Like, Ugh. it was awful. I felt so bad for her. Poor Raven. It was a lot. I- I can't even imagine what it is like being a reality TV celebrity. I don't want that. I don't want any part of that. (laughs) I love, I mean, the best book 
is the charm offensive where it like oh, takes you all so in like behind the scene by Alison Cochran. Yes. Um, and I feel like, yeah, like that's where my brain goes. Like what is happening? What is real? What is not? Re- it's so, but you know, at some point you just have to be like, I just accept it as yeah. somebody who's watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was a lot. It was a whirlwind. It was only three episodes. I watched them all back to back. (laughs) Nice. Between. And I almost wish I hadn't because Mm. it just, I don't know. This was not my favorite season. And I was hoping for a little bit of redemption. And I did not, did not get that. (laughs) I got the opposite. What's the opposite of redemption? (laughs) Because that's what I got. Disappointment. Yes. Um, is there another season coming up? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's in but the it, works. It hasn't been announced yet. No, I haven't seen anything. But I think with like the reality shows, Netflix tends to just like drop it one oh. night. Like you don't get like a ton <laughs> of like advanced notice, you know? It's just all of a sudden you log in and you're like, yes, new season. <laughs> yeah. Of course I will watch it. Obviously. <laughs> we watched um, Your Place or Mine. Have you seen oh, it yet? Oh, is it cute? With Ashton and Reese. It was cute. It was cute. I I don't... I don't... I feel like I shouldn't <laughs> say in case, you like... say it. <laughs> I know, their chemistry was just weird. Like... Yeah. I don't know. It was not sizzling. It was not like, I need you. It was just like, hey, buddy... Which is yeah. valid, which is valid, but like if you're watching, I don't know. Like I wanted more from that specific movie. Yeah, that was just I my think, feeling. I think that that is the thing that is missing from a lot of these recent rom coms that we've been getting that like are like sort of take giving us what we need, but not like fully. Like, like okay, so marry me, the one that with um, J Lo and Owen Wilson. Oh, like, so cute, great concept. But yeah, like they had zero chemistry between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. And so it's not enough to just put famous people in the movie. Like they need to they need to work mm-hmm. well together. Like if you don't have chemistry, you can't make a good rom-com. It's just you can't do it. No, I mean, we need the pain. Like I I need to to be hurting for them to get together. Like Yeah. Yeah, and if they're like whatever. <laughs> I don't I don't care either. You know, yeah, you need the pining, the pining. You got to pine. Yeah, exactly. And the tension. Exactly. And the te- yeah, you need those. Um, yeah, I would like us to get some. I obviously I love the rom coms with the stars. I would like us to get some rom coms that are more like like always be my maybe or like set it up. Um, mm. That you know we're both. I think we're those are both on Netflix, mm-hmm. where they're like you know, not people that you saw in the rom-coms in the 90s. <laughs> like, let's get, yeah, some, what a, get some new what blood a in there. Uh, although, I, oh my God, I love The Lost City. I'll forever I was love just that movie. That. I think it's because Channing Tatum can have chemistry with literally any person on the planet. Yes. And like, Sandra Bullock is always Sandra Bullock. Yeah. In every role, like, you know what you're getting and we got yeah. it, you know? She's so good. Yeah. And Channing Tatum, like, played so well to her. Like, it was cool because she's such a star. 
right? Yes. Like, this is how yeah. I watched the movie. She's such a star, and he just, like, let her shine, you know? Yeah. And, like, that scene where they're um, where they're dancing, like, at that hotel, mm-hmm. I was like, this is chemistry. Like, mm-hmm. that's what you need. It just takes that one little, like, snippet, and you're like, oh, okay. Okay. I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chemistry. Yeah. It's just there. I, and like I have tons of group chats about like what what makes chemistry, right? Like mm. whether on the page or on the screen. Uh and I think it boils down to like the pain. Yeah. <laughs> I know, pining pain. But like yeah. it's just the like Yeah, yeah. We want to hurt yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You need that tension. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It's the magic right there. Yeah, so anyway, Hollywood, if you'd like to hire us as consultants and or casting directors, we're available. That's right. Chemistry (laughs) consultants. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. How do we make that a job? (laughs) I could nail that job. (laughs) Gosh, right? (gasps) Oh my God, I love it. Now I'm like, can I make that a fake job? And make a character have. <laughs> Holy show. shit. Oh my gosh. And I feel like that segues really well into our guest. Perfect. For today. Yes. Yes. It's so exciting. Right? Our Hollywood romance creating superstar, Amy Spaulding, yes. for her consideration, comes out like the day before this podcast will release. So, yay, Amy. Yes. So exciting. All right. So we will be right back with our special guest, Amy Spaulding. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We have um, one of my favorite people on the podcast today, Amy Spaulding, who is the author of several novels, including the best-selling We Used to Be Friends, and The Summer of Jordi Perez and The Best Burger in Los Angeles, which was named a Best Book of 2018 by NPR, The Boston Globe, Kirkus, and more. Amy grew up in St. Louis and now lives in Los Angeles. She has a BA in Advertising and Marketing Communications from Webster University and an MA in Media Studies from The New School. She also studied long-form improv at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, which is No surprise to me because Amy makes me laugh my ass off on the regular. And she also has the best recommendations for tacos. And Amy, I just adore you. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Oh my God. That's like the nicest intro I've literally ever gotten. Thank you, Courtney. (laughs) Thank you, Felon. So nice to be here. Um, That was just so nice. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Thank you. It's all true. (laughs) I'm just like, so I think it took us a while to connect that we both kind of lived near each other. And then we were like, let's yeah. meet up for lunch immediately. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which was amazing. Which I am really glad we did. Me too. Especially because like, I think LA has this reputation that we're all flakes and we don't actually do. And I'm like, that is not, <laughs> I mean, yes, obviously there's people I had that experience with, but like, I also have a lot of friends that we actually like, show up. It's not actually that hard. So I'm always like glad to disprove that I love stereotype. It. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, 
Go ahead, Gort. No, no, I was just going to say we make it happen, <laughs> but you go, Valen. <laughs> um, I just have been so delighted to find that LA has like such an amazing base of writers. Like there are so many of us out here in the LA area, and um, I don't know. I guess in my mind, I always picture writers like living in New York and you know struggling mm. in their little studio apartments. But I'm like, no, we're out here in the sunshine. I love you too, New York, but you know, there's so many good people out here in LA. It's been nice to actually see and talk to people. Subliminal messaging, move to LA. Come. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody come this way. (laughs) And at this time of recording, your debut adult novel for her consideration, which is just the sapphic Hollywood romance of my dreams comes out in like five days yeah yeah very soon by the time anyone hears this it will be out yes which means you can go buy it and you should because it's amazing yes thank you so um can you tell us about this book yeah, For Her Consideration is about a woman who manages celebrity email accounts and the celebrity she falls for. Nina Rice has had a terrible breakup. She's like retreated to the suburbs, left behind her friends, her career ambitions. But um, after a meeting with rising, rising star Ari Fox, like she starts to reconsider things. Oh, yes. Shenanigans ensue. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so I actually used to work for a talent agent, one of my many jobs that I had back in college. Um, So I loved reading about the agency side of things. Um, And I was so fascinated by Nina's job, where she basically is the person who like responds to all the emails, like as the celebrities. And I was like, wait, is this a real job? Because I want it immediately. (laughs) Like a job-ish. Like, I feel like that's someone's... I don't know if it's someone's only job the way it is for Nina, which is also, like, why I made her freelance and what, you know. Like, we're playing with things a bit. But yeah, like, obviously there's people who are posting on celebrities, you know, social media for them, responding to their DMs, responding to their emails, especially if it's meetings. So, yeah. I sort of made it a very specific role that she fulfills, but probably in in real life, it's definitely, she would probably have other tasks too. I just love it. It was so fun. And like something I was like, oh, I've never seen that before. It's so interesting when you get to find like new little career snippets to explore. It's funny because I feel like so many people are like, oh yeah, I worked at a talent agency once. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a real everyone in LA. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people have done it. Yes, it's one of those jobs that you have to have, along with like being a server at some point <laughs> or a bartender. <laughs> I felt very seen by the suburban content as well. I did. I am always like when I know my friends in the suburbs are going to read it. I'm like, I'm not mocking your home. <laughs> I mock my own home. So <laughs> we mock. <laughs> all right, all right, then that's fine. <laughs> We're good. No, it was perfect. It was so perfect. And yeah, so you- can you tell us about um, the, what inspired you to write this book? I actually, um, without without like naming names, uh, I did get, I did get a weird, I shouldn't say a weird, I got a perfectly normal email um, from an actor, something being set up. And I was just like, 
I don't believe she wrote this. I think she's too busy to email me an email with logistics in it. And then I was like, that's hilarious. Like, who wrote this email? And it became like, <laughs> just like, I just thought it was so funny. And I kept thinking about it. And then I was like, like, it'd be like a normal person to be like, who wrote this email? And then like, they just would stop thinking of it or they'd ask a friend in a talent agency if they knew. But me, because I'm a writer, and I think most writers, you would be like, oh, what kind of person does this? What is her life like? Like, what is her story? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you've written half of a romance novel in your head. <laughs> yes, I love it. So that's sort of like the initial, the initial thought for it. I love this. And I want to know more about this email. I am intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't tell us. <laughs> you can tell us later. <laughs> Um, okay. And so before this point, you've written only YA so far. So how was that transition going from YA to adult? And then you also have a YA releasing this year as well. So the follow up to that question, how do you, I guess, toggle between the two headspaces for two different audiences? I mean, to be honest, as far as... I don't want to say like there's no difference in writing the two like one is just like you follow the character mm-hmm. and if you're writing truthfully from the character's point of view you're gonna do the right thing which I think is on one hand that is true but on the other like it's also would be a lie to say that there's like no different conventions between like YA and adult romance and you know before I started writing adult romance I really took some time and like spent months reading rom-coms that I really loved and rom-coms that were new to me and just sort of like paying attention to like how is this different? Like, what are these, like, where is it not just that they're older and that like the sex can be more on the page and like actually about like, like in YA, you're not supposed to be trying to turn people on, (laughs) you know, it's okay in adult (laughs) romance. So it's like, besides like those obvious differences, like what, like what are the other sort of differences? And I spent a lot of time thinking about that. And so like, it is, it is slightly different, but at the same time, the other thing I said is true. It is very much like who is, what are the truths of these characters? What do they want? And like, what is their happily ever after? And in that case, it's like, well, that you're just writing the book that's in front of you. So I don't know. That's a, that's a long answer to be like, it's the same and it's also different and it works out. Like, I feel like the project ahead of you, I mean, you all have written multiple books. You know how it is, even different books in the same genre do not write the same. Mm-hmm. And it all sort of, you're putting it together as you're going. And so like, to some degree, it's like, that is the same always. I guess, is there like, does the voice or tone feel different? Do you just kind of get used to it? I've always wondered that. I don't, I think, again, I think if you're following the truth of the character, it's not because it's very much like, if I'm writing about a 30 year old, they're going to have a different life experience in the way they look at things. They've already experienced a lot of things. They have like perspective. And when I'm writing like a 16 or 17 year old, they don't. And so that informs, or they do, but it's like less experience or like they quite like the, well, it happened once. I don't know. And so like, I think that informs, if you're pulling from character, that informs them so much. What have they already experienced? What do they think about life? Who do they think they are? What do they think they want? What do they actually want? That is going to be, those are universal things for characters. But of course, when you're 30, that's so different than when you're like 16. Yeah. And it's yeah. not, it's not necessarily like the 30 year olds are going to have like some world weariness to them, but it is different than when you're like 16 and everything is brand new. Yeah. Hopefully by 30, you have 
a different perspective on on life and choices and relationships and and all of that that hopefully sort of comes naturally as you as you get older and mature some exactly. people mature so more than others a lot of- <laughs> Well, that's the thing is like, I'm not saying at 30, you're like done or you're like a full adult yet. Like not necessarily, but you know, again, you you should have something, probably (laughs) some life experience, some tiny bits of wisdom maybe you picked up. Yeah. So I I do think like if, if you're always pulling from character, which I think I am, then that will guide you and it will do a lot of the work sort of for you. Thank God. Yeah. I really liked that Nina was sort of going through this kind of life transition, like finding, you know, what she really wanted out of her career, mm-hmm. um, obviously going through like some of that relationship stuff, dealing with some of the trauma that she had in the past. But I like that we are seeing more and more in, um, you know, adult romance that just because you are 30 doesn't mean like, your whole life is settled and this is how it's going to be for the rest of your years. You know, you can have this sort of like reinvention moment and you can do something new and try something new. Um, And I just love seeing that come across on the page. Well, that used to be something that would drive me nuts about like, I would get like reviews of YA and they're like, Oh, this character, they're 17 and I hope they get stuff figured out soon. And I'm like, "Um." (laughs) We'll just say older than that. And I don't have all this figured out. It's not like you turn 18 and like it all makes sense suddenly. And so like now that I'm writing adults as well, I'm like, I think it's important to be like, you do not have to have it all together yet. Like it's so normal not to have it all together yet. And even if you have some of the like trappings of adulthood that make you like, even if you have like a relationship or you have like the steady job or career path or what own prop, whatever, whatever it is that these like adult life steps are. Even if you have those, you may not feel like an adult. You may not feel all together. People may not see you as together, or maybe they do. And you're like, I am floundering. Why do you think that? So yeah, I think it's so important to value that and show it because I think it's really real and normal. But like, I don't know. There's so many people are like, well, you've hit that age. You must be fully grown and figured it all out. Hmm. Yeah, I I always keep waiting. I'm like, when is that moment going to hit me where I feel like a grown up? I'm, I mean, I checked all the boxes pretty much, and I'm still not there. So maybe maybe someday it will come. But I think it, it might won't. be a scam. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> None of us really know what's going on. I, like, I don't want to. I can't. I can't talk about it too much. None of. The, but I will just say, spoiler alert. Uh, my next book for adults. There's a lot to. There's a lot about like what is what is adulthood when you when you hit it why does it feel like you're nowhere near it so mm, yeah capitalism that. <laughs> it's usually <laughs> to blame <laughs> i remember feeling so intimidated to write adult books because i felt like okay same, I have to same. Pre- okay and um that's cool it wasn't just me but i felt like i had to portray these characters that had all their shit together And I have zero shit together. And I was like, well, how am I going to fake my way? And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write who I am, which is a mess. (laughs) And I love seeing more and more of that. Is it representation? I don't know. Messy. Mess representation. (laughs) Just messy characters. I don't know. And because that feels very real and relatable to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, oh my gosh. Um, okay. Well, speaking of like work and like adulting, <laughs> I guess that's a good transition into our next topic, which is balancing work with writing. And um, can you just tell me personally how to do that? <laughs> oh, I would love to. It's just really hard. And I think the, I was talking about this with a friend last night. And I think the older you get to, the more like, I feel like when I was young, I could work all day in my day job and I could come home and I was like, I could even go out after work and then I could come home. And I am so excited to like, get to my computer and start telling these stories and like spend time with my characters. And it was like, I couldn't think of anything better than that. And it's just, I don't have that much, like, I can try to fill my creative well all I want. It is shallower now. I don't, like, I don't have as much to give. Mm. And so I find myself, like, work takes it out of me more. I feel like I really have to protect that more. I really feel like I have to, like, schedule it more than I used to, to be like, I need to make sure I have something. It it used to matter. It it didn't matter if I had plans every night because I would always find that time to write. And now it's much more of, like, Hey, if you don't use your lunch today to write, you're not gonna, you're not gonna have time later today. And that Mm -hmm. means maybe not tomorrow either. And so I had to be so much more careful about that. I mean, it's, it sucks because I think it's just aging to some degree. And I think it's just, you know, when you're, I think when you're younger and you have like a thousand ideas, I still feel like I have a thousand ideas, but like, they're like, it's just a little, it's slower. It's like, I need more recovery time. I need more focus. So it's really hard. And I feel lucky that I, for the most part, I have a job that's really, um, I don't say understanding because it's not like, oh, they're like, go ahead and write whenever you want to. That is not the case. But <laughs> they understand I have another career. I don't have to hide that. I don't have to act like it's not important. I'm obviously in my day job office right now recording this. It's all good. Um, that stuff's all great. And I think if you have that, it makes it a lot easier because at least you don't feel like you're also having to like fight. I definitely had bosses who were like, oh. Like, you're just pursuing this other thing, and you don't even care about this. And it's like, you know, when you're an assistant, how much are you supposed to care about what you're doing? Like, why do I have to pretend that, like, no, this this is more important to me than my creative passion? Mm. Otherwise, like, why should I be allowed to answer a phone and, like, open some mail? So, you know, it's good to be in a position where, you know, I don't have that attitude coming at me. But, yeah, it's just, it's hard. And, like, I am... I'm single and I don't have children either. So like, at least like I'm only, I only have to like also deal with myself and that's quite a lot sometimes, but you know, I I don't know how people juggle more. And I do think though that it's possible. And I do think it's really about valuing your writing. And I think sometimes that means you're valuing your writing when it's not making you any or much money. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be hard sometimes to do of like taking yourself seriously enough that you're like, no, no, I'm not doing anything today because I'm writing. That's the thing I'm doing and that is working. Or like, that's what I need to come home and do for an hour and not be talked to or not looked at. And I just need to focus on that. And that means, if that means I order a pizza, great. Like who doesn't want a pizza while they're writing? (laughs) But I think for so long, it's like, I just would always find the time and I had a lot more brain power and energy and like, the more that that's not always the case and then I go to bed earlier and I, you know, God, sleeping is great though. Like <laughs> that's mm-hmm. my good function. I'm, I'm just finding, I'm finding it more important to really take it seriously, map out the time and make sure I do it. 
But then when I do that, it works. So it's like, I think that does help. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. There was so much you just said that just like hit me. Also, do you ever look at those stupid magazine layouts where it's like, um, here's your look for that can easily go from work to evening wear in just a snap. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Who's going from work to evening wear? I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll just say that my last assistant one time went into my boss and was like, is how I dress okay? And he's like, yeah. Oh, are you asking because of Amy? We don't make her dress up. She just keeps doing that, showing up dressed up every day. So, <laughs> so I'm actually the opposite. I love I like it. An <laughs> I love oh my it. gosh. Yeah, I find this whole topic of conversation fascinating. And we have, um, you know, sort of touched on this with a lot of our guests on the podcast. Um, you know, this idea of how to find the balance. And I think it's the same kind of thing where, you know, when you're talking about writing process, it's like, there's no one way that is going to work for everyone. And, you know, you have to find the schedule and the routine that works the best for you and, you know, what your life looks like. Um, but I like that we keep having this conversation because I feel like we just need to reiterate for everyone out there that, the majority of the writers that you're picking up their books and reading them are also supporting themselves financially by doing something else. And I think that there is definitely that misconception that, you know, we're all rolling around in money and typing on our computers for a, a few hours a day at a coffee shop. And like, that's not really. And that that's the only way to do it. Like yeah. I've seen mm -hmm. people like, Hey, I need to save up money. Cause I know the only way to write a novel is to like do it full time. And I'm like, so quick to be like, no, no, no you can like, in fact, if you can learn to do it this way now, it will benefit you highly. Yeah. Yeah. For I sure. was um, doing a panel at a uh, festival of books one year and this man in the audience was like, when did you all quit your jobs and become real writers? <laughs> and I was like, well, sir, I have a job now. Do you think I'm a real writer? And he was like, yes. And I'm like, well, there you go. And he was just like sat down, like clearly like, <laughs> it's not really what it meant. Damn. Oh my God. But I like the first person to be like, no, no, no. We're like so many. And even like writers who are like full-time writers, a lot of them are like teaching or lecturing mm -hmm. or, yeah. you know, writing guest columns to the point of like, yes, they're technically, they are a full-time writer, but it's not like the book income is the only thing that's like paying the bills. So yeah. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, in fact, I like talking about it because I want to like I think there's so much about publishing before you're in it that feels like really uh, mysterious. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I think like I can be transparent and be like, here's the reality of it. But like the good news is that means you're like, you're ready. If you're trying to write and you have a job, then you're ready the same as me. So great. We're yeah. all the same bucket. <laughs> it doesn't change. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's like, kind of like you were saying, if you can figure out how to do the book while you're working, like, Mm -hmm. That is only going to benefit you in the future because, you know, it's not like you sign your book deal and then, you know, the next day you're quitting your job. Like, that's not yes. how that's going to work out for most people. So, you know, and working on finding the balance. Something, yeah. And even if it's something you can eventually do, you still have to, there's still a lot to balance of like yeah, finishing one book while you're asked to do promotional opportunities for the one before it. And then like 
trying to like get something together for the one you want to sell next and like maybe you're writing in another genre and you have another book coming out in a month and a half like me you're like i can't forget about that one it's like that is also like writing and being an author are also two different jobs so it's like Mm. the more you get used to juggling i think it's like the the more it will benefit you later yeah i like that writing and being an author are two different jobs yes very true and mm-hmm. I think too, at least I've noticed for myself that I'm constantly readapting, like rebalancing, trying, because I don't know, we all go through different seasons of life and what worked last year may not work this year. Like with the first book, we were in quarantine. <laughs> so I was, yeah. Oh, it was you know, the easiest book I wrote to some degree because <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah, it You're- was write that or do nothing. So write that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. We're all nodding. Yep. I think we were all uh-huh, in a very uh-huh, similar uh-huh, space. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I felt I felt weird because it was like, look, like no one is like lockdown was great. And we should have another global pandemic uh, at that level. Right. Definitely right. not what this podcast endorses. But no. it was good for my writing in a certain sense. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I got really used to not having to schedule it in. Like speaking of like, how do I balance? Well, it's like, well. You roll out of bed, you do your job, and then the rest of your time you can just write. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, that was, it was a benefit. And I think that's really ultimately why I was able to write for consideration. But, you know, again, I don't recommend global pandemics. So please, no one start one to like get your novel done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't do that, please. Oh, man. What a time. What a fever dream of a time. Um, it is. It is weird. It's so weird to think about because, like, we're all still so traumatized. You know, I was trying honestly. to like, oh my god, I feel like we're going to be traumatized. I don't know. Our whole lives probably mm-hmm. to some degree. But you know, trying to hit deadlines for book sense, and it's like, how did I do this before? It's like, well, the last time you did this, you didn't leave your house. So it was yeah, here. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And then, you know, now that things are happening again. I find it really hard to focus because I don't know, for like an entire year and a half, I didn't have to like, there weren't as many things demanding my mental space. And now it's like, okay, well I have to actually try to like, the only way I can write now is when I block off the time. Like, like you were saying. Yeah. And I used to be able to juggle it, you know, before COVID, I used to be able to be like, oh, I'm just going to go home. And because I think my brain was so wired to do that, to constantly multitask and fit things in. And then I had a year and a half of not doing that. And now it's like, okay, well, how do I adapt again? (laughs) I guess blocking things off has been helpful to me. Yeah. Like taking a beat. (laughs) Um, okay. And I, I guess there's no like smooth transition. Like I was trying to be cool and like smooth, but, um, going like, I guess, okay. Happy. Like now talking about being out (laughs) and that's like not a queer pun, but that's fun anyway. (laughs) Los Angeles and Hollywood is the setting of your book. And, um, I know like we've already sort of talked a little bit about LA, but, Can you tell us, like, I know you're just like, we've talked about before about some of your favorite places and sites and like, 
what about LA and Hollywood do you love? And just, I guess, take us on a little tour, Amy. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I feel like there are, like, it's obviously like celebrity romances are a trope. Mm-hmm. But I feel like to some degree, like, this book is sort of the, like, this is like a behind the scenes, behind the scenes to some degree of like, yeah. this is not like a book with like red carpet and paparazzi and like glamour. This is much more of like, what is the like logistical like infrastructure behind a, behind an actor's career? Like who are the people involved in that? And like, what is like the day-to-day life of someone that is not like a list of just like a working actor. So in some ways I feel like my LA is like, Look, this is the one with Excel charts and Microsoft Outlook. (laughs) I love it. And I didn't, I mean, honestly, to some degree, I did not set out to do that. Like I said, it was the the inspiration was much more of the idea of the email and then it all kind of like came around that. But I did realize, I think, like if you don't live in LA, I think you have one idea of what it's like, what that whole, what Hollywood is like, what the industry is like. And when you live here and you work in the industry, you know that like a lot of it is just literally like meetings and Excel, Excel spreadsheets and um, just like making sure emails are responded to in like the appropriate manner. And so much is just that. And so like, to me, it's fun to be like, oh yeah, there's glamorous stuff. This is the reality of it. That's where sort of I live. Hmm. And I have to say, I, that was like one of the things I think that stood out to me the most about for her consideration is, I mean, I love a celebrity romance. I am trash for them. I've said that many times. I do feel like there is what happens a lot in celebrity romance is that these couples go out in public and they're like mobbed by the paparazzi anytime they step outside their house. And that's not, how it goes like even when you are like a huge a-lister like you can yes. do things without you know being caught on camera all the time um and so when you're not like a top a-lister like if you're just like a yeah like you said kind of like a you're on a tv show or you know you have sort of like a working career but maybe you're not like super top top notch like your life doesn't look like that. Um, and so I loved that it felt like so authentic and real. Cause I think that's missing uh, in mm-hmm. a lot of celebrity romances. Yeah. I like, I mean, look again, I am also trash for a celebrity romance and I am happy for people to get mobbed and like paparazzi and like all sorts of things. It, come on. We're all here for that or we wouldn't read it. But yeah. like you said, that's not necessarily the reality of it. Even with an A-list star, like, yeah, they might get the occasional picture snap when they're going out and running their errands, but there's also like in LA very much an understanding of like locals. We're all like, we're all, we, this is our, all over our neighborhoods. And mm-hmm. if you are famous, it is your neighborhood. If I am just a regular, it is also my neighborhood. So like, there's also just like a level of sort of like mutual respect of like, hey, we're all just like getting along. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that that idea to me was like important. But it also, again, if you're not that famous, you can be really, especially like these days, you'd be really famous to a certain demographic. Mm, Like Ari is going to be very famous to like a certain demographic, but she's not going to be like mainstream famous where they can't like go to a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that. Um, And also I, so I used to live in Ari's neighborhood. And so it was so fun to like, all the spots that they went, like I used to be within walking distance of the thirsty crow. 
I miss it so much. And so when they had their scene at the bar, I was just like, oh, the nostalgia. I feel like I'm I'm getting to visit home. And so it's just so fun when there are like real places in books and you can sort of feel like you're taking a tour of the city as you are reading. Yeah, I I love um I love writing real places into all my books. I am sad because you asked about tacos and like the taco place they go to the first time they hang out is closed now, Diablo. And <gasps> no. I'm really sad about it. And it's funny because there are other places that close that I ended up like taking up taking out of the book. But like Diablo was just like everything about it was so important to that scene that I was just like, you know what, it gets to live on in my book. So mm, yeah. R.I.P. Diablo. Sad. But I I mean it's it's fun to just like go through your own neighborhood or neighborhood you live near and just sort of like pull out the stuff that you think like would make sense. But also bear in mind, I wrote this book during lockdown. So it was like pornography for me to like be on Google <laughs> image search, like looking at the insides of restaurants and being like, oh, what would it look like to sit at a table and order? <laughs> All I want in this moment is to just walk into a bar. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> yeah. So like, to some degree, it was like my escapism writing it was like, well, better better really look at interiors and menus and read some old reviews and like really put myself in there because it was like so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Like, I suspect future books will like not have that level of like fawning detail to everything inside of a <laughs> restaurant because I just get to go to them now. Hmm. <laughs> But I liked that it was a real celebration of culture in that way. You know? Well, that's my other LA thing is I feel like the stereotype is like, you know, like everyone's like blonde doing yoga and like eating kale, drinking smoothies. And <laughs> and it's like not what my LA has ever been like. It's like the restaurants are amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone is like, you know, my world is like very creative and artistic and cultured and, um, in a way that like does not differentiate it and some you know it's not like well the east coast they like know about books and literature there and here it's like no it's like there's so many smart interesting creative people here and so much great food so much great culture and like to me it i feel like a, almost like a duty that i'm like this is la y'all yes i love it yeah you nailed the la vibes it's a very specific vibe and it's hard to capture, and you definitely nailed it for sure. Well, thank you. Are you able to tell us a little bit of what's up next for you? Well, my YA is out uh, mid-April. It's called No Boy Summer. It's about a girl named Lydia and her sister Penny. They've had like a disastrous school year because of boy drama. So they make a pledge that they will spend the summer in LA with their aunt, and each has like a summer job, and they make a pledge no boys to like get their lives back on track but Lydia is secretly bi and starts dating a girl uh because it's a loophole in the plan and obviously uh shenanigans ensue oh my god I love it (laughs) that's so cute Amy I can't wait to read it and when does it release a month and a half you said April 18th amazing amazing wow those are very close together your releases I don't know how you are um, breathing right now (laughs) I basically have to sort of forget that the YA is coming or I would collapse. <laughs> that's that's smart. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell? Um, Obviously, this is not 
what I planned when it was like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to write these two books. It's like, this is not how it was supposed to go. <laughs> In my head, like, for her consideration would have come out like last fall. I would have had like a whole period to like release it, concentrate on it. And then like now I'd be starting to gear up to talk about No Boy Summer. And that is oh, publishing. It's just not what happened. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They like to torture us. <laughs> well, I'm just in awe of you and also so excited. Um, even though it's like rapid fire, just so excited for this year for you. This is huge. Like 2023 is a huge year. Yeah, it, it really very much is. Um, you know, fingers crossed it all goes well. It feels like a lot of pressure, but yeah, it's mm. all good stuff. Well, we are cheering you on. And where can you tell um, listeners and readers where to find you online? If you go to my website, theamyswalding.com, it links out to everything. That's probably the easiest step other than saying all my confusing and hard to pronounce uh, social media <laughs> handles on the internet. <laughs> Perfect. Very concise. When Very you good. pick a social media handle, you should have to say it aloud in a crowded bar and for people to know what you're saying. Otherwise, you <laughs> pick the wrong one. And it's never worked for me. So <laughs> I do regrets, but I'm also stubborn, so I will not change anything. <laughs> don't change never change amy thank you so much for being here and chatting with us this was a delight thank you so much for having me all right listeners thank you so much for tuning in and we will check in with you next week Thank you so much for listening to Happy to Meet Cute. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media. We are at Happy to Meet Cute on Instagram. And also, if you could please leave a review and subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would like to follow your host, you can find Courtney at court underscore k k a e on all social media platforms and you can find me fallon ballard at fallon ballard everywhere you imbibe your social media if you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode you can find links in the show notes and a special shout out to zachary kibby and matt ballard for our amazing theme song thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next time